Good news from Toronto. The backup shot clocks have been installed. Thank Game you, Toronto. Action, ready to tip off again. Actually, Sage, they're, they're keeping score the way they did when Doug played. They're using stopwatches oh. right now. And the, 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 the clocks, the clock on the Jumbotron works, but the shot clocks don't work. Maybe it's an English-American thing. It was not an English-American thing. In London is NBA, in Africa is NBA, in China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association, okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right? Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, well, you see, because we're soccer fans. I right. shouldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. But football fans here. We, we call it football. Okay. But, um, I mean, springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in the swimmer. How come the swimmer ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the Double Clutch Podcast. This is our first playoff game, so the 2014 NBA playoffs have started. Uh, they started on Saturday night, so we're going to cover Saturday's games, and then the games through into Sunday, and then the games from Sunday into Monday. So we're recording this at... Was it quarter ten on the Monday night? So there will be games tonight, but we obviously are going to cover them. So this is all the game ones. So if you missed any of the action, we're basically going to uh, catch it up for you. I am, of course, Matthew Wellington, aka Matt Smashed. I'm joined today by Matthew Bates. Hello, I'm allowed to come back on after my singing last episode. Oh, your Game of Thrones rap? It's not a rap. It's more an '80s uh, pop rock type. I thought that song. broke the internet. Well, I'm <laughs> still here. <laughs> <laughs> the playoffs have started. I think it's safe to say we're all quite happy. The playoffs have started. Um, I, I've watched. I watched all the games. Having league passes is a nice bonus when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, I also the same. And I only rely on league pass nowadays. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. BT Sports coverage has been pretty horrendous, and I think we've all been quite vocal. I know James Lees has been very vocal on Facebook and Twitter about it. Um, so if you have seen anything come out of the Double Clutch Twitter account, it's probably James. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, their coverage has been... We've had some interesting games. We will get onto the games they covered. But, um, yeah, we'll start first with the, the, the big one, really, the one that wasn't on telly. We had um, the Brooklyn Nets travelling up north to uh, past the Canadian border to Toronto. And, um, yeah, first playoff berth in, what, since, since 2008 for the... 2008, uh, yeah. Toronto Raptors. So, boy, I think they felt the pressure. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, they definitely did. And in that 2008 playoffs, it was the Nets versus the Raptors, which is a little good. I don't know. I think it's pretty maybe a rivalry starting. But anyway, as you said, <laughs> no, I know it was true because uh, Vince Carter slayed the Raptors. Uh, but what, like you said, they. I think there were jitters on the Toronto team. They're a very young team, and I think their all-star Demar Derozan struggled quite a lot, going 3 for 13 from the field. And Terence Ross, I know he was in foul trouble, only went 1 for 4, he only got 4 shots up. Which, I just think by the way they were playing, and especially with DeRozan, with some of the shots he was taking, they weren't open, and some of the times he just threw them up, and I just think that was uh, down to nerves, really. Well, it's funny, because they had such a fantastic atmosphere for the game, the build-up was pretty sensational. I mean, the arena was sold out, the uh, Air Canada Centre looked fantastic, they had all the, uh, the, you know, the fads decked out in their playoff shirts and they had the whole We The North banner, which was their promotional thing, going all around the arena. And it looked a fantastic atmosphere. I just think they were a bit daunted with the fact that, you know, they had such such high hopes riding on them. Um, the inexperience came through massively. I think if you add up all of the combined years of some of the players, it's just, it's no, it like the Nets is 10 times what the Raptors is playoff experience-wise. You look at, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, you know, all those guys have been, you know, regulars in the playoffs for the last decade at least. And then the Raptors, they, they haven't got any real veteran presence on their team. Um, you mentioned DeRozan and Terrence Ross. They've got zero years of playoff experience between them. So coming into their first playoff game, they looked off. Um, Terrence Ross is usually the spark for them. He, he wasn't. There was no flashy dunks or anything. Everyone was waiting for the flashy dunks. 
And, you know, DeRozan was just taking stupid shots. Some some wide open threes he was taking just were nowhere near yeah. going in. Um, I think this is the, sort of the Paul Pierce renaissance game, really. This was the, uh, proving a point, the uh, Toronto Sun came out on the Saturday morning with the headline, something along the lines of, you know, we're going to beat these dinosaurs, Ra- these Raptors age-old versus, dinosaurs. Raptors versus dinosaurs, I think it was. Yeah, and I don't think the Nets took that too happy. And then the Brooklyn papers the next day and the New York papers the next day were like, you know, here's your old, uh, or something along the lines of expletive Toronto or something because of what Masai Yuri came out and said at the prep rally before the game. Yeah, the prep rally. Uh, you mentioned the atmosphere inside the building. Outside the building, there was 10,000 strong Canadians watching on big screens, which a, a bit a bit Murray Mountain feel, you could say. People not even getting tickets into the game and are still out there supporting it. But as you mentioned, Paul Pierce, he showed you his experience in the playoffs and he was a stone-cold killer in the fourth quarter. <laughs> he he thrives against playing away from home and quietening, quietening buildings down and he did that with massive clutch shots, which we should come to really expect from Paul Pierce. Yeah, that turnaround elbow jumper was just... You know, a, a thing of beauty that's like the perfect basketball play. And then when he was running down the court afterwards, he was like yelling at the Toronto fans like, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And the whole place just went silent. That was it. You know, you couldn't hear a pin drop in the uh, American Airlines. Uh, what did I say? The Air Canada Centre, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think even though they've been, you know, they've had all the press hype and Drake's been doing all the stuff for them on ESPN and they've had, you know, they kind of let everybody down. They played well for for well, a lot of the game, but the experience just came through for the Nets at the end and they completely took control of him. It was four for 17 combined, I think, with Ross yeah. and DeRozan, so yeah. not great for the, for those two. Um, how are they going to solve this? Because they don't really have the, the veteran presence and someone they can pull out who's going to win them games, especially in the fourth quarter, because the execution from the Nets was, well, it was pretty faultless, really, the execution in the fourth quarter, whereas the the Raptors were sort of rushing everything and you know they were throwing up shots really early in the shot clock and it, it didn't help especially when they had the lead yeah i think well i think the only way they can do it is they've got, they've got to put this game behind them it was the first majority of them it was their first playoff game or their first playoff yeah. game in a while Valentulis was superb he was great in the first quarter he well yeah he started, and he finished with 17 points 18 rebounds which is is what you want from a center position but i think yeah, they just i think they're going to have to uh, put this game behind them and well, like you said they did have they did get open shots which sometimes, if you're in rhythm and you're missing them, then it's got to be something to do with your nerves and stu- and other, other factors. So if they can get them shots that they got this next game, I'm sure Jason Kidd will have solved that puzzle. But if they do, they I've, I've got more confidence in them hitting, hitting them. But as you said, their execution, they need to move the ball a little bit more. And I'm sure we'll get onto another team that needs to move the ball more. Later well, Dwayne on. Casey, yeah, Dwayne Casey was it was doing the post game interviews and they were on League Pass if you had access to him and he was just basically saying he just thinks it was nerves. Like second game they'll come out and they'll play a lot yeah. better. Um, the threes and stuff you were mentioning they were taking they were taking them far too early in the shot clock. Mm-hmm. I mean you have a lead against the Nets in the round one of the you know first home playoff game. You kind of just want to keep the lead as long as possible, but in the end the Nets went on a thirteen and five run and it was kind of all over once uh, the truth uh, hit that. Mm-hmm fade away with that turn away elbow so I, it, it was it was interesting but I think the Nets have got the series wrapped up if I'm being completely honest I just think there's too much experience they know what they're doing Kevin Garnett looked great despite the fact he's played very limited minutes this season and Joe Johnson oh. the guy's just got the gene <laughs> yeah he does As the, he's probably the uh, statistically wise he's probably the best clutch shooter well Darren the, Williams had last, a resurrection that night as well yeah in the last in the last 10 years but Going back to the going back to the Raptors and this yeah as you said I don't really see them coming back from this especially when the Brooklyn Nets only shoot four from twenty four from downtown yeah if that <laughs> if you're you have to win if the if any team really are on a cold night like that especially from behind the three point line when they have shooters that normally hit them you've got to win that game because it's rare that you're going to get the same team in the same series to shoot that horrendously from downtown. They're a matchup nightmare for most teams as well because they've just got so many big bodies on that team. I mean, even if you look at Darren Williams and Sean Livingston, they're pretty big for the mm-hmm. point guard position, so they kind of cause problems. The, but um, Darren big... Williams went off on one. Yeah, he he, he did. He used his, his shooting was weights. poor, but he ended up with twenty-four points, I think it was in the end. Yeah, yeah, but they are they're big where normal where teams are normally small. 
yeah. and small when no- teams are normally big. That's what creates the matchup problems. But Williams, I'm sure he just lives for the lives for the playoffs. <laughs> like the regular season, he just he depresses a lot of play a lot of fans because of how good he was in Utah all year round, and then. For the Nets, since he came over, when they were, even when they were in New Jersey, he just didn't really show up in the regular season. But he always seems to turn it on in the in the playoffs, which I'm sure is all around the time of the playoffs, which is pretty much what you want him for, or any player for, as long as they show up in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter about the regular season. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if they win one game. I think if they can win any game, it's the next home game. But you know, going into going into Brooklyn, sorry, is going to be pretty difficult. Um, I think they won there in the regular season, so they can definitely do it. But the Nets just had the better of them this game, and it was kind of one-sided for most of it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to a, a game that was fairly back and forth, to be honest, for a while. But, um, yeah, a bit of a messy one in, in Los Angeles, the City of Angels. Um, Golden State Warriors, they took on the Clippers. They won that game 109 to 105 in probably what was the upset of the weekend, really. Um, well, unless you count the, the Wizards game, which we'll get on to later. But, um, yeah, this was only available on League Pass as well. So, you know, BT... Great job, guys. <laughs> Probably the two best games of the Saturday were not shown on BT. Yeah, the first two games of the NBA playoffs and you don't show them. So, you know. <laughs> say what you will about League Pass, but it's worth the money. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Um, I think yeah. this game came down to just a messy start from the... Well, a messy second-half performance from the Clippers, really. All the talk before the game was about Andrew Bogut. You mentioned it last week. And, you know, to be honest, the Warriors just look... I think they've got to be commended for the way they played, especially... Late in late in the game, and you know they were out. They were supposedly on the paper, in paper at least, out matched on the front court. But Jermaine O'Neal, Maurice Spates, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, and even David Lee, like all sort of turned it round and became a, a real adequate matchup for the you know Blake Griffin and his uh, crew. Well, I, I do feel I I'm not. Re- I said bef- I said before this <laughs> series started that I can't can only see the Warriors uh, winning one game without Boga, <clears throat> but. I do, f- and I don't really want to rain on their parade that much, but I do feel a lot of this had to come down with Blake Griffin being into in foul trouble. Because um, when he was so on the court, because when he was on the court, they their their offense was just so much so much better. I think for 100 possessions they scored, they were on like uh, over 115, and when he was off the court, they were under 90, which is yeah. a ridiculous disparity. But every time he got the ball, whenever he was on court, because he did get it, he was in foul trouble the majority of the game. It was automatic in the post, which is something that we, before this season, we would have laughed at for Blake Griffin because he did, we always said that he didn't really have that many post moves and he was ju- he was he wasn't a developed player. But it's pretty much automatic every time he gets in that low block, especially when without Boga in in the lineup out injured, David Lee can't really play a lick of defense. Jermaine O'Neal's not as good as he used to be. Marie Spates, no, but Draymond Green is good at defense. But I don't really think they're going to be playing Draymond Green as many minutes as Griffin is. So I think Griffin, I think it's the bigs for the Clippers in the later games are just going to absolutely demolish them. I don't know. It's a really odd one. Like the Warriors just seem to love playing in the playoffs. I mean, they looked like they were overjoyed to be where they were. They looked like they were quite happy to be facing the Clippers, and the whole game was just you know they can play offensive basketball when they need to, and the Clippers can as well. So they both just went. Went for it in the end. But if you actually look at the turnover statistics, 23 turnovers for the Warriors, that should have been the game lost for them. Um, they committed far too many fouls as well. It was just, it was just a, a bit of a scrappy game, really. But I think the first few minutes kind of sh- were what everyone thought the game was going to be. The Clippers went on a 12-1 and ru- uh, run at one point, and I think everyone was just assuming it was going to be plain sailing from there. But it, it really wasn't in the end. And I think in the end, you've got to just come... You know, it comes down to... First of all, the stupid kind of inadequate use of, well, and overuse of the TV replays that was going on the last oh. five minutes, which uh, kind of annoyed everybody because the game lasted longer than it should have done. And, you know, they're going to have to find some way of pulling game two out because if they lose game two, the Clippers, they're going to really, really struggle in the Oracle Arena. Um, they're not going to yeah. lose game two. Well, you Bet could you say that, but nobody thought they'd lose game one. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that I think you bet your house on them winning game two i think when you've got stephen curry and clay thompson on your team you have the capability of just blowing away anybody when you want to so we'll see what happens but i, I know, if, if they go in go back to oakland and they're 1-1 i could still take it see them taking a 3-1 series lead because of that home court advantage is just so good mm, yeah i do think i know it's a must win but i just do think they will win this next game but i can't really if you look at the box score it's hard to understand how golden state won this game 
Yeah, it really is. If you look at any of the stats, it's kind of difficult. Because to say uh, Curry didn't wasn't that great. Only fourteen points. Clay Thompson was all, yeah, he was good. Only twenty two points. But then you look at that compared to uh, the Clippers. Chris Paul had twenty eight points. And JJ Reddick had twenty two points. And I, and I know Jamal Crawford had a horrendous game, but I, it's just weird how they won this game looking at the stats. But looking at the game, you did see how how better they executed in the in the final five minutes. So. Obviously, that is how they won the game, but I don't know. It just felt like a bit of a weird one. A bit... Throwing water over fans is far more interesting than playing basketball, anyway. <laughs> that is true, especially when they look like they're uh, they're happy about it, and then suddenly they just switch like that, and they become really, really peed off. I think he didn't realise he was good. The one, the, the his mate was just laughing at him because he got absolutely soaked yeah. by Blake, and Blake knew what he was doing. Oh, 100 percent. It was great. It was great. It's just really odd. I mean, the, 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 everyone thought... I mean, I've got the Clippers in my bracket to, to win this, but... I've got money ooh, on them to win this. <laughs> you've got money on them? Ooh, yeah, I've got, I've got their, I've, I've got their handicap, handicap min, uh, minus one and a half games, so, they can't, so they've got to win it in six. You better hope Jermaine O'Neal doesn't have one more Jermaine O'Neal game. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I'm pretty safe with that. If that's the only thing that's going to stop me from losing, then I think I'm all right. I'll take them odds. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, it was it was a cracking game. I mean, I was yeah, out at the time, but I was getting updates from Andy. Andy was texting me from the States and was like, you've got to put this game on. So I kind of put the game on on my phone and was being a bit antisocial for about half an hour. So. <laughs> worth it. Yeah, worth it. Anyway, um, moving on to the game that was on Saturday evening slash Saturday morning because it crossed over. Um, this was the first game we actually had on BT Sport, which is kind of annoying. Um, so everybody inserts some sarcastic cheering here but we had the Atlanta Hawks at the Indiana Pacers and possibly goes down as one of the upsets of the century um, the Hawks went into Atlanta, uh, went into Indiana and won the game 101 to 93 and the Pacers woes um, just continued the game kind of came down to two runs from the Hawks the Hawks had an 8-0 run at one point and another 14-0 run later on and you know that was it from then on the Pacers just didn't look like they were going to get back in the game Roy Hibbert spent more time guarding Kyle Korver than anybody else, mm-hmm. and I don't. The Pacers just looked lost. Frank Vogel didn't really seem to make any changes that affected the rhythm of the team, and you know corrected it and put it on some sort of course that could have got them back in the game. I think, I mean, I've been quite cheerful about the Pacers, and I think I had them in the bra- in my you know as my choice in my bracket. But I think after that game, I'm probably a bit worried about them. I think the Hawks are, are playing good basketball at the time they need to. I. I'm not worried about the Pacers beating the Hawks. I'm just worried about them beating a team in the next round. But this is a massive cause of concern because, as you said, I think it came down to the one particular matchup. And I know this sounds crazy, but it was Roy Hibbert and Pedro Antic, which is mental. I know Antic only had eight points, but it's the fact that he can he he's a stretch he's a stretch center pretty much. He he just hangs out behind the three point line, and if you take Hibbert away from the, well, he has two choices. He can either go and guard Antic at the three-point line, which leaves the the paint massively open. And Jeff Teague was exploiting that every time he was running. He was he was driving to the paint and he was either dishing off or scoring. He had 28 points of the total total in the game, and majority of them did come by great. the rim. Yeah, he did look great, and they and the majority of them came near the basket. So then, if Hibbert drops down, Antic's open. So which he I know he's not the best shoe, and I know he's just a rookie, and this is mental. So, Meant on for me saying that, but if he hit, he started hitting the free. He had two frees and a, he had two frees, which he's open. But then if a, if Hibbert's obviously right by the right by the basket, another player is going to have to come and help out Hibbert by covering him. That will leave another three point uh, another p- uh, player open, which ha- happened to be Kyle Korver. Which you don't leave Kyle Korver behind the three point line open. <laughs> so that just created more problems, and that's one of the choices of what they do. Personally, I bl- I think they should risk it and leave Antic open rather than the paint open, which is a bit common sense. But well, Roy should just have the, his... Roy should just be... the You know, he can't be a stupid guy. He must be quite an intelligent basketball player. So he's just got to, ha- got to have the know-how to just stay in the paint and do what he does best. I mean, that's what got them to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and that's what should get them there this year. I mean, mm-hmm. but I, I think they really kind of need to worry. I think Jeff Teague's heating up at the right time. He always he's does. Developed, he's developing an, off- uh, an offensive game. He's already got the defensive game. Like he's probably one of the best defensive point guards in the league. But Paul Millsap is just consistent, yeah. like unbelievably consistent. If you ha- if you put him on the Knicks or somebody like that, I- they'd be a real 
tough matchup. And they, they've just had production from all their other players. We talk about Kyle Korver, had that um, streak for the longest amount of three points in the league or something this season. And they got the production from everywhere. I just think the, the pace is, you know, they looked out of sorts. And if they don't win game two, they're really going to struggle because they went to Atlanta last year and lost uh, lost a game, I think. So yeah. lost two games, I think. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens. But I think this series could go on a lot longer than everybody thought. Andy was quite Andy in his bracket put that the Hawks were going to win it. So, Oof, you know, he's going to look like choice. an absolute genius if this happens. You should have definitely um, put some money on it. Yeah, you should have done. But I just think the Pacers put too much emphasis on winning the regular season, getting the top seed, getting home court advantage. They've banked everything on that. And I think the fact that they traded Daddy Granger, that Frank Vogel, all the rumours came out about him probably losing his job. And then Larry Bird's been you know, speaking out of terms about things as well. I think it's all just the melting pot's happening. And I think a lot of people are, are, are you know, jumping off the bandwagon for the Pacers now. I know Bill Simmons and people like that have all been saying recently they think there's something far deeper at the, mm. at the the heart of this and it just hasn't come out yet and eventually it will it will come out and we'll we'll suddenly figure out why they're playing so badly yeah charles Bar- charles barkley uh, called them barkley? out on yeah, he, <laughs> co- he called them out on uh, inside the nba he called them wussies you can obviously tell what uh, word he wanted to say but he uh, <laughs> like me he'll refrain from saying it it's the, it, but the main thing is we're talking about the defense of that it's their offense it's absolute it's just the most inefficient boring Offense to watch. There's a gif, there's a gif, 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 whatever going around, and of <laughs> of one of their um, offensive possessions, and it's Paul George coming off a screen, getting the ball at the top of the uh, three point line, with two players on each side, and they're not doing anything. I think anything. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. They're just standing around, not doing anything, and Paul George literally shrugs his shoulders and asks, "What's happening?" Throw it up or something. <laughs> yeah. So he just throws up the three, and that is pretty much the definition of their play uh, of their uh, offense in the last what three weeks month now it's been going on for a while it's like 12 games or something i think they've yeah. slept so uh, they need to get out of it and they need to get out of it fast or they're going to run into serious serious trouble yeah 41 especially because they play in the next round so yeah 41 percent is a team shooting 34 from 81 that's not great uh and obviously well it's the same old story but bench points they had 22 total but pretty much only 15 of them were meaningful because the rest came in garbage time I'd like to actually have a conversation with Paul George and just figure out what's actually going on with him as well because at the first half of the season we were all sort of lauding him as being a possible MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. He gets to the playoffs and he just doesn't seem to have any form of an impact. I mean, I know it's game one, you can't read too much into it, but he should be carrying this team. He should be doing what Kevin Durant did for the Thunder, what LeBron did last night for the Heat. He, if he's considered a top five player in this league... Mm-hmm. He needs to do that, and I think you know the, some of the big organisations in America, like ESPN and stuff, have come out and said that, that he should be a top five player. Well, he isn't a top five player if he's not going to perform yeah. when they need him the most, is he? So the thing is, his defense is still good. That's the only thing you can really. He's still an efficient defender, defender, and he. he but they need him to score, <clears throat> which is true. Yeah, well, hundred percent. But there's always a plus of having him on the court. Like it's not got to that that bad but it's also I think other people need to step up step up if he's playing so well on defense and that he's obviously going to be tired for offense and that so there's going to need he's going to need players to help him Roy Hibbert needs to step up Lance Stevenson needs to step up George Hill needs to step up Evan Turner god needs to step up <laughs> you see he's he's only he's not even good at it but for the thing that he's actually known for is scoring yeah and if you can if he can't do that in limited minutes then I don't know. He's just a lost cause. I hate him. Well, we'll move on to the final game of Sunday. Uh, uh, well, it'll be Saturday States time, <laughs> won't it? But it was Sunday morning over here in the UK. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies went to Oklahoma, and um, they lost the game eighty-six to hundred. But you know, th- this was this was really interesting because mm-hmm. I've got the Thunder in my bracket. I think quite a few people probably have as well. Yeah. But the Grizzlies are in this series. Make no mistake about it. They're playing good basketball at the right time. And, you know, the, the Thunder had a 56-34 to 34 lead at halftime. They were all over him. They had a 25-point lead at one point. But in the third quarter, the Grizzlies just went off on one. Um, they, they went on the 31-13 and 13 run and basically cut the lead to two. And you could see, the, you could see the, worried, the worried faces all around the Chesapeake arena. It was just like, oh, God, this is happening again because it happened in last season's playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the expecting Kevin Durant just sort of picked up his team and carried them on. They went on a big run. They went like 13-1 and one in the fourth quarter and then they regained their lead and they kind of held it since then. But 
Westbrook and Durant combined 56 points together. They held the Grizzlies to just 36.3% shooting, which is, you know, what they need. And I think it was clear to everybody that, you know, the Thunder are on a mission this year to get to the finals. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That, uh, you can say the difference between uh, this year and last year was Russell Westbrook, <laughs> obviously. Uh, he, I've got, I've got to shout out Serge Ibaka's block as well during yeah. that game. Oh. It was phenomenal. That had me, like, off my seat. <laughs> but, yeah, Russell, Russell Westbrook is obviously the, the main difference from last year. And just the little things that he does. I know they, I know it's Russ being Russ, but when he does... He is just absolutely, absolutely fearless. He will drive to the rim, and he doesn't care how many bodies. He doesn't care if, if it's Zebo, Angus, all at the same time. He will drive to the rim, dish off, or just throw something up. And that is just something that they missed last uh, last year in the playoffs because they the Grizzlies just knew exactly what they were going to do on offense, which was let's set a screen for Durant, get him open, maybe go one on one, or hopefully he can get open off that screen and shoot. And with Russell Westbrook, it just shows so much of a difference that they have so many more options because. Defenses gravitate towards those two, two players, which yeah. leaves people o- more open or easier to come off a screen to get open because the defense will be in flux. But on the so and Jackson was good off the bench. I thought he he was he's done what he's done all season really. Just I, I got a highlight Karan Butler actually. Oh, throwing down a jam. That jam was <laughs> mental, and that kind of sparked that sparked the thirteen and uh, one run in the end that mm-hmm. that completely changed the game really, and you know. You mentioned their bench production. I thought it was pretty decent. They all had some form of an impact, whether it was getting a rebound or an assist. But I think Serge Ibaka was superb. Yeah. Um, everyone goes on about the James Harden trade, but like he's stepped up over the last couple of years. I think he looked superb last night, the, the, last night, uh, the other night. And like I mentioned, that block was just phenomenal. But when you're chipping in 17 points, Westbrook and Durant are getting you 56 between them. And then you've got, you know, what did they get, 18 from Reggie Jackson and Karan Butler as well? So Combined, yeah. That's, that they're getting good production when they need it and the Grizzlies just have the problem of scoring they've always had it they can defend like you know the best team in the league when they want to but they really struggle scoring and I think Mike Conley has a bit too much to bear when it comes to the playoffs they they usually they try to go through him a lot and it just doesn't seem to work well you did have, you did have an alright game Mike Conley 16-0 oh yeah but yeah there's who else have they got that can actually shoot outside they've got Mike Miller Mike Miller that is about it yeah, so <laughs> Tejan Prince needs to just... They need to s- stop playing him. Courtney Lee looked quite funky in that face mask. Yeah, if he, I, I'd give Courtney Lee a bit more minutes rather than Tejan Prince. Because Tejan Prince yeah. is just... Not only is he very boring to watch, but he's just... I don't know what he does. He'll be on the court and I just don't know he's on there half the time. Matt, well, help me. What does he do? I don't know. What, what, what does he do? He doesn't do anything! <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is when they take out Gasol or Zebo, you see Kevin Durant sort of goes to the four and that causes all kinds of problems for Memphis because they just can't physically guard him with anybody on that court so I don't know I think the series is uh, I think the Thunder are going to win it quite easily but like I said the, the Grizzlies aren't out of it nice. if they can just stay in the game then you know they're going to have a chance against anybody but Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant are on a miss on a mission this playoffs, and I think if they don't get back to the finals, it'll be a bit of a travesty for them. So I, I can see I can see uh, the Grizzlies holding court when they go home. But then, yeah, I, I, yeah, I but can I can imagine it's the game. Yeah, that's true. But you never know about the Grizzlies. That's the thing. They just you don't sometimes you don't really know what Grizzlies teams you're going to get. They've got because... the best record in the league after since um, Mark Gasol came back. Exactly, and I think the thing with the Grizzlies is. It's if they can control the pace of the game, that is the main key for them. If they can slow it down, they're they're pretty they're hard to beat. Because, but as soon as it starts getting fast and erratic, like you said with Russell Westbrook, <laughs> it's, it's over because they just they they don't run and I don't know. It's just they need to slow it down. They need to send the grit, the classic grit and granite grind style game. But where he just changes into Kobe Bryant and just goes mental. That's what he reminds me of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Young, erratic, mid two thousands Kobe Bryant. The best Kobe Bryant. He'll score eight. Yeah. <laughs> Against a really, really bad Raptors team. Yes. Because it it was a bad Raptors team. Um, but moving on, we'll go to Sunday now. Um, sorry, Sunday evening because we were on Sunday morning. God, I hate these UK times. They're so <laughs> confusing. Um, so Sunday evening we had another game that was only on League Pass over Woo-hoo. here. Yep, woohoo. <laughs> um, we had the showdown in Texas. We had the Dallas Mavericks versus the San Antonio Spurs and the San Antonio Spurs. I know he was watching this 
from a big lazy boy chair in some bar in um, New Orleans. He looked quite cheerful on Twitter, so I'd recommend you all go check out that picture. Quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so his massive chair and a huge plasma telly in front of him, and he's got the game on. Um, How many drinks do you think he'd, ha- he'd had in that f- it, throughout the game? Oh, I ain't got a clue. I know he can he drinks ale and stuff, doesn't he? So he could be a. I imagine he's quite a heavy drinker. Over under three and a half. <laughs> Set the line at that. Over. <laughs> but the Spurs won this one, uh, ninety points to eighty-five, and for quite a long stretch of the game, it actually looked like the Spurs weren't really going to do much. Um, Dallas came out, played pretty well for the first half, and then they had a, they went in a great one, um, which is kind of inspired by the fact that Tim Duncan disappeared from the court because he w- he went down with a niggle and I think yeah. after the game he said he got a Charlie horse or something which was <laughs> quite funny um, but he went off and then when he came back in the game just changed around it, uh, they went on a 17-4 and run with like eight minutes to go I think it was and Dallas had a 10-point lead at that point and after that Dallas just could not score no. um, Vince Carter was at the top of the key at one point he didn't really know what to do with it, so he tried to drive to the paint, and he ended up just throwing up a pointless shot that went nowhere near the rim. And then pretend um, to get injured. Was yeah, same one rolled into, to... yeah, he rolled into the crowd. Yeah, it's classic <laughs> Vince Carter. Classic. I, I love V. I love VC. Yeah, but not when he's get, pretending he's injured. Him and Tracy McGrady were what we're missing from that Toronto lineup. <laughs> Although, like ten years ago, we need the not not current Tracy McGrady and yeah. uh, Vince Carter. That could be quite unhealthy. <laughs> Um, but Tim Duncan was just superb. He finished his game with 27 points, but he hit four of five shots in that when he came on with that sort of nine minutes left in that game and was just superb. And I think there's a mental barrier here going on between Dallas and San Antonio because the Spurs have won the last 10 matchups between these two. So I think there's something going on in Dallas's mind. I mean, Dirk didn't really look great. They all kind of, they just could, they did, they had no rhythm whatsoever. They just, once, once Tim Duncan came back on the court, they just couldn't figure out how to score the ball. They, they All their screens and their set plays sort of broke down. And Tony Parker was phenomenal. Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard, for me, what an impact, like from yeah. the very first minute in that dunk really early on, where he clearly was thinking about like an ex-girlfriend or something, because he hurt that bit <laughs> quite badly. I think he hurt himself as well. <laughs> he must have. He must have. His his wrist must be must have been throbbing for a bit after that. Yeah, but he absolutely smacked that in. And then you had like Ginobili and everybody else just chipping in. And it was just a... A classic San Antonio Spurs playoff performance, really. But yeah, for for quite a long time in the game, it looked like the, uh, there was going to be an upset on the cards. I, I yeah, hundred percent. I do think that was. I think this was. I think Dallas missed a big opportunity for stealing the game and taking yeah. and having a fighter's chance in this series because obviously their defense it wasn't that great. But when the Spurs aren't uh, aren't playing as well as well as we normally expect them on the offensive end, then you kind of get away with it. The Dallas Mavericks, 46 points off the bench. That is good. Uh, that's that's pretty damn good, getting 46 points off the bench, especially from players besides Vince Carter, like Brandon Wright and stuff like that, which yeah. I think I, I do think this was their only chance of really having a, I don't know, maybe stretching it to six, maybe ridiculously, I'll say this is the seventh game if they won this game, but I, I think they missed the opportunity there. I, I've written down in my notes too much Parker. There was a lovely spin, <laughs> spin movie, did it? You go just, I think... I think people at I think people at home could see it coming, but I just don't think the Dallas Mavericks saw it coming when he just hit that spin in when he drove the lane. I just I saw it coming and I and then he did it. And it was just beautiful to watch. I think this series is really interesting because I think these teams love playing against each other, and you know it's got that whole Texas rivalry about it. So yeah. when any of these teams play each other, whether it's Dallas, Houston, or San Antonio, Houston, or whoever, you know they they like playing. So. I could see it going six or seven. I mean, I think they can both win on their own court. I think they can both steal one. It just depends on how well their veteran players play. They're both teams that have got a lot of veteran talent, and we'll just see what happens. I think it was the best bench versus one of the worst or something, and you know, it kind of turned head or, heads and tails that game. So I think it goes five, happens. though. I, I think it goes five. I, I think, think it's going to take a lot three. out of the Spurs. I think the series will take a lot out of the Spurs, no matter what happens. I, yeah, think, I agree with that. I think some of like what Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons and stuff have all been saying and writing is, you know, this could take a lot out of them. And the worrying thing for the Spurs is, you know, if they lose Tim Duncan or Tony Parker or something, then they're, they're going to really struggle in this year's playoffs because they're kind of the ones they go to and they've rested them so much this season Yeah. that maybe the lack of game time's going to affect them physically. I don't know how that works out, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I guess that's the same with every team in this, in the playoffs. I mean, you take, 
Paul George away from the Pacers and they're oh well, god <laughs> yeah they're they're a lot worse than they are now. You take Carl Lowry off the Raptors or you know Kevin Durant away from the Thunder. You know it's, it'll mess up injuries just mess up teams. But I think the series is going to go six, well five or six at least. Mm-hmm. It could go to a seven, but I think it's going to take a lot out of the Spurs. I don't see the Spurs beating Houston or Portland in the next round. I think they've got the legs on them, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It will be interesting. Considering the Spurs really struggled with the Thunder in the Eastern Conference Finals the last few years. Western Conference, but fine, yeah. Western Conference. (laughs) (laughs) Eastern Conference. My bad. That's fine. (laughs) Um, So the other game Sunday evening was uh, Charlotte at Miami. This was on BT Sport. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Hey, seriously. Probably the first agreement with Miami or something. Probably the first time the Bobcats have been on BT Sport. It's the first time time the Bobcats have been on national television or something. It's probably one of the first times they've ever been on in England, and that's no joke. Yeah, that's probably true, but, you know, they were making a big deal about it on the coverage. It was on uh, ABC, I think it was. Yeah, the the afternoon game, like the primetime game. Yeah, national (laughs) coverage for the Charlotte Bobcats. They didn't, and they didn't play that that bad. No, I thought, I genuinely thought there could have been an upset on the cards here, but unfortunately Al Jefferson went down with that injury. It looks quite serious. He Um, he has come out and said that he will play game two, though. Which is good. Yeah, well, he he didn't look the same after he'd gone down. No, he was hobbling and like limping up the court and looked really dodgy. Um, full credit to to the way the Bobcats played. They played really good basketball. I think Josh McRoberts was was superb. Ooh, that does. Um, yeah, MKG's defense was pretty good. It was his offense is always mm-hmm. questionable, but we'll, we'll, we can get onto that some other day. But Kemba Walker for me just proved you know that he is such a talented basketball player from when he played in college. He carried t- his team to the co- the NCAA finals, and I think they won it. And he's just he's he seems to love this sort of tournament style atmosphere, and that's what he's going to get in the playoffs. And he, after Al Jefferson went went down and you know was struggling, he kind of shouldered the the load, and he had a great a great performance against uh, the big three for the Miami Heat. Yeah, I I was very impressed with Kemba Walker. I thought it, it might after watching like the Raptors play the night the day before, I was like, oh, Kemba Walker might have the same thing that Demar Derozan has been drinking, and met, might <laughs> and might fold under the pressure. But no, he definitely came out and he just he, went for it. He went for it and he ran the team pretty well, which was good to see. Like not only was he scoring and giving assists and that, but he was just set, like he would be at the top of the three point arc and just like ordering the team around which is what you want in the playoffs you see uh, in the playoffs especially with a point guard you see that with Chris Paul a lot I thought that was very good yeah. I thought I was very surprised by that with Kevin Walker and I was pretty impressed to be honest well Miami kind of you know once once a big Al had, had yeah. gone down with that injury they knew the game was kind of theirs really um, Chris Bosch finished the game with 13 points LeBron had 27 Dwayne Wade had 23 and it was sort of you know classic Miami Heat playoff basketball they just did what they had to do to win the game I think they've waited all season for this yeah um, there's a clip from LeBron in the tunnel before the game and he's like look this is it we're here let's just go for the three and uh, yeah they <laughs> I would not be surprised if they got straight to the finals quite easily because they'd look like they're just uh, set to dominate the Eastern Conference really I can't see anybody kind of standing up for them I think the Nets are going to have the biggest chance of knocking them out because they've they 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 dropped down to avoid the Bulls, which yeah. I don't fully understand. We'll get onto that later. And they have got a matchup with the Heat in the next round, and it looks like they will beat Toronto. So it's going to be an interesting matchup if the, if it is Miami and the Nets, because the Nets beat them all the game, uh, four games this season. So and especially if Indiana don't turn it around, do a complete U-turn. Yeah. Then they really, they really, I, yeah, they've. That could be the conference finals, could it? It could be the Nets and the the Heat in uh, yeah. well, the second round would be the equivalent of the conference the, finals. The Heat pretty much have their uh, their place set at the dinner table. That is the NBA finals. See what I did there? It's pretty nice. Nice. That, that was cool. Thanks. <laughs> but I think they're well on their way to uh, you know another championship appearance after that performance. It, after one game, I don't want to overreact, but yeah, it looked very promising. What is it with Dwayne Wade, man? Like... He looks pretty dodgy all season. Comes out in one game in the playoffs and it's just like, yeah, he looks fine. <laughs> well, the thing that I always found weird about Dwayne Wade was this season, especially this season, was he'd play one game and be fantastic, and then you wouldn't see him for another three games. <laughs> that's the thing that I always that that's the thing that rhythm. That's what it is. Spo doesn't like him getting a rhythm. Yeah, I think he might take away too many shots from LeBron or something. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> but um, I think the next game between these two is on BT Sport as well. So you know. Get BT to see a lot of Bobcats. BT Sport love Bobcats. They love the Miami Heat. 
They're obsessed with the Miami Heat. Well, like who's going to who's going to draw in the most fans? Well, I don't know. Probably the Celtics and the Lakers and, and the Heat the and Knicks, the Knicks. The big historic franchises. <laughs> well, we've, we've out of them three, Sixers. Out of them three teams, you just think you just said no one wanted to see them play this year. No, not this year, but in previous years. <laughs> I think they show the Heat just because it's they're the best team and yeah, people... LeBron James plays for the Heat, so that's yeah. why they show the Heat. That's why they kind of had a lot of Bulls games this year as well, but unfortunately Derrick Rose doesn't play for the Bulls. Anyway. Even does Michael Jordan, because we're not in the 90s. No. I don't get this obsession with, with the Bulls anymore. Like, I know Derrick Rose is good and stuff, but I don't know. I think they just latch... I think like when it comes to like things like BT Sport and the media, they just kind of like latch on because of the whole Jordan, how massive they were in the 90s. But this is what everyone does. Every, all the, it happens with all the sports teams. That's why, you know, if Liverpool win the football at the moment, it'll be... The, the biggest thing since sliced bread, but they've got so much history behind them that people just always forgive them because of that. So I do want uh, Liverpool to win the Premiership. You got money on that as well? No, I got money on it. I used to, <laughs> I, I used to like when I used to care about football. I used to like Liverpool. All right, I see. <laughs> um, so moving on to the Bulls, it's quite a nice segue. <laughs> That's why. Um, yeah, the, the Wizards took on the Bulls. They won the game 102 to 93 in the United Centre. And, yeah, this was interesting. Um, the Bulls had a big lead at one point, but they kind of collapsed. Their defense just disappeared. And this is the statement where I go, the Bulls are overrated. <laughs> they definitely are on... Well, they're not... I don't know. I think they're, they're probably... Just, they're overrated in general. I think the thing is with the Bulls is we are so enticed by... I know this is only their one game. Yeah. by what Thibodeau does with their defense that we forget that they can't play offense to save their life. 100%. And they're not an elite team in the league. I don't want to overreact over one game, but in this game, they, they yeah, their offense was it was Pacers esque. Nene killed them. Yeah, which I, I did anyone anyone see this coming? Like I didn't think he'd be like this good. Like I know he's been Nene, he's always been he's, yeah, Nene's he's always been, had fairly decent production. But he's been injured this season, and then well. he came back for a few games, and he just looked like he'd been playing the whole season and just been fine with it. I I just didn't expect maybe it. He's on, maybe he's on marijuana or something. This well, well, Costa Kufus maybe. What Costa Kufus <laughs> was on? Uh, well, th- I think Gortat looked really settled with um, Nene back in the lineup. They looked really comfortable together, and their front court is actually quite formidable in the East. Especially if you actually look at the other teams in the East, they're not built around their front court. Whereas the, the Wizards have got that, and then they've got the back court to back it up. You know, John Wall, Bradley Beal, and even Trevor Ariza to some extent, they can all cause problems. So, and Andre Miller came off the bench and was productive as well. Andre Miller! I, which, come on, you didn't expect Andre Miller to do what he did this in this yeah, game. he did have a game winner in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but this year... Well, no. He's yeah. getting on a bit. Yeah, but... Let's be honest. Yeah, he came, out, he came <laughs> off the bench and just was... He, there was a point, I think it was in the, third, in the fourth quarter, near the, near the end, when he got hot, that they were, there was a debate about, shall we bring war back in because Andre Miller's is on fire? <laughs> which is something I don't think I was going to say in 2014. But, he is on fire. But yeah, as you said, the Nene, Nene stretches the floor for them pretty well. Like he can step he's out. He's such and, a big body. He's such a lump. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because and the thing that yeah, and he can also step out and hit the mid-range shot, which the Wizards do like. They do like the mid-range shot, which is a bit weird because we all know that's the least efficient shot. But yeah, Nene stretches the floor, and their interior passing was was great in this game. There were so many times that the. The Bulls, which I know we talk about their defense being so well, so good, but it was very late on rotations off pick and rolls. So it would go to one big, say Gortat, and Nene would be wide open, and he'd give a, such a lovely like bounce pass, and Nene would just have the open dunk. They looked slightly shocked by the speed of well of Nene at one point because he looks like you know he's this massive lump. You don't yeah. think he can possibly move quicker than he does, but he he was. He was hauling ass at some points, and you know when you've got John Wall and Bradley Beal backing you up, it's uh, you can play some nice run and go basketball. But the Bulls are out rebounded uh, thirteen to six in the fourth quarter. They lost the overall rebounded battle forty-five to thirty-nine. So you know they usually win that because the Boozer and Noah are so mm-hmm. formidable when it comes to grabbing the ball, uh, grabbing the ball. But I don't know. It was really unusual just to see the Bulls play kind of lackluster defense. The, the Wizards shot above fifty percent throughout the whole game. You never ever see that, and mm-hmm. um, the offense of the Bulls was just dead. Come the fourth quarter, like, like the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they just couldn't. 
they, they couldn't score the ball. And I think they're really, really going to struggle because I think if there's one thing Washington can do is they can score the ball. Mm-hmm. They are pretty good on defense as well. But it's and this first game, as we said with the Raptors, there's a lot of young players that have very limited playoff experience. This is just going to boost like Bradley Beal and John Wall's confidence now that yeah, they've I got think, this first game behind them and they've won it. They're both young. Well, they're, they're stars at the moment, but they are both young superstars. You know, these these guys could be franchise players if they keep up uh-huh. what they're doing at the moment. And they, they they both score the ball at will. I think John Wall is really, really formidable. A lot of people were touted him to sort of be the next point guard at the Lakers and the Celtics and stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with, with them in this series. But I, I had the Bulls. I picked the Bulls. I'm slowly changing my mind after last night's performance. I thought Washington were really, really good. They looked comfortable. Nene just brings a whole different thing that we kind of haven't seen from them this season. And they've just got a nice starting five, really. Like, mm-hmm. you think it's bad, but then you actually look at it on paper and it's actually pretty good. They're starting five last night. Trevor Ariza, 18 points. Nene, 24. Martin Gortat, 15. Bradley Beal, 13. John Wall, 16. Lovely, evenly no balanced. No complaints there. Lovely, evenly ban- balanced team. And John Wall will go off on one in, in one of these games. You can... Oh, Bradley Beal could go off on one of, one of these games. <laughs> yeah. But don't be a slave to the first first game. You never know what the ball the Bulls will. I think the Bulls will win the second game. I think we'll have to see. I think their defense will be a bit more on point. But shall we go to the game of the weekend? Yeah, I think there's going to be quite a few upsets this year for yeah. some reason. Well, let's talk about so, an upset. It's so open. Um, yeah, let's talk about an upset. Uh, is, it an upset is it an upset if it's four and five? I don't know because they're. They, these got well. It, it is an upset if you look at it on paper because Portland have lost the last three against Houston. So. But, I don't know, Portland won the game 122-120 to 120 over the Houston Rockets in overtime. Um, Damian Lillard was just phenomenal. Oh. I love that kid. Like, seriously, uh-huh. take me to a basketball game. It has to involve Damian Lillard. <laughs> and it, it, this was just ridiculous. I mean, to end, up, to end the weekend, this was going into, to, going into Monday morning. It was just a mental game. Um, Houston had a really slim lead at one point. It was 98-87 with sort of, you know, five minutes left. And then Portland just went off on one. LaMarcus Aldridge hit a three in the face of Dwight Howard when Dwight was all over him at that point. Yeah, I don't know how the foul wasn't called. I don't understand um, how he got it in either. No, he's been doing that all season though. Like, I don't get it. He's so underrated, LaMarcus Aldridge. If he was in a bigger market, he'd be an absolute phenomenon. But, um, you know, Damien Lillard had a four-point play. Well, it would, it would have been a four-point play if he'd if he hit the free throw, <laughs> but he didn't. But that was amazing. Like, the confidence he's got to take that. They just sort of turned into Marvel superheroes for the last five minutes. Yeah, uh, it was the last. It was the first game since Jordan and Pippen that two players combined to yeah. get how much was it? Well, Lillard got thirty-three, and I think Lamarcus Aldridge got forty-five. Forty-six. Right? Forty-six. So seventy-nine. Yeah. Forty-six Which... points. He joins an elite club that consists of I think it's only Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon. Jordan. Cracking my head. Who's the final one? Oh, Jordan's not in there. I don't think. That what? That what is the stat? 40 points or more in a playoff game. Well, Jordan's got 63. So. Okay, so Jordan. <laughs> must be that. Is that the five? Yeah, it might that be the five in the last certain years or something. But yeah. It was on ESPN earlier. It, just, it flashed up and I was just like, that's bonkers. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge is in that stat. <laughs> 40 plus club. I'm going to Google it. Uh, a few a few other players that caught my eye that were pretty good. Robin Lopez was a very unsung hero on this. Not many stats as always with Lopez, but he just does everything that he needs to do. That's if that's just getting rebounds and just getting like offensive rebounds and putbacks, uh, playing good defense and just having a good body in the middle. Which the Portland Trailblazers are pretty much. Both teams are lacked on the bench when it comes to bench scoring and bench production. And I know Robin Lopez starts, but when he does contribute little things like that it makes a lot more easier for Lamarcus Aldridge on the defense and when he sets good screens and it makes it Lamarcus Aldridge easier on the offense but one of the big worries on this on this uh in this series is both benches aren't very good we did get to see a bit of a uh, UK uh stand up for uh Joel Freeland I think he played a minute but it was the most crucial minute it was the last minute of the game and last point Houston had a horrendous last possession, last possession in overtime where they still had chance. They just got the ball and I've forgotten who it was. It might have been Harden, who didn't have a great game, just had to fire up a contested shot. And that was an awful chance. shot. Yeah, it had no chance. He sort of dribbled the ball, then tried to headbutt his man and then flung it up. <laughs> I think he was trying to get a <laughs> it was foul. Almost like It was almost like you're playing 2K or something and the game froze. <laughs> 
Like, that's what it looked like. It literally looked like he'd frozen as he was going forward and then decided just to throw it up anyway. He could, they, I think they could have really won the game. Like, I think they had a legit chance of winning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they should have won it in regulation, to be honest. James Harden didn't have the best game either. You just said that. I'm saying it again because it was. <laughs> you didn't react to it the way I wanted you to. <laughs> You're supposed to agree with me because that's all we do on the double clutch, and that's agree with each other. Yeah, agree with each other. I know, it, it was good. I think it's just his mid-range jumper looked a bit off during the whole game, but you know, Dwight Howard hit some clutch free throws, which I kind of think shocked everybody at one point. <laughs> but um, yeah, this whole hacker Dwight Howard thing it just pisses me off, man. The we game... just want to play basketball. We don't want to see big guys throwing balls at hoops. <laughs> the big well, that is pretty much basketball. That is basketball. <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to see him standing still doing it. That, there you go. Uh, you saved yourself. Uh, I think this game finished at one a.m. Eastern time. In a, it? Yeah. It was a real late time, one. time it finished here, it was on until like 6 in the morning, I think. I watched it in the morning, so... Yes, yeah, 1am then. Yeah. Which is I don't like, know. I hate the time difference stuff. Five hours Eastern Conference. Yeah, and which shows you how many fouls and how many game stoppages there were. But it was, a, as we said, it was the most entertaining game. Yeah, of didn't like yet. five people get uh, yeah. fouled out at the end? Yeah, we had a lot of big names or just in general people fouling out in this week. Robin Lopez went out. Dwight Howard went out. Um, Beverly went out. Beverly went out. Beverly went out injured as well. Yeah, uh, it's somewhat... not good for Houston at all. Like Houston, I picked Houston in my bracket to win this. I think Houston have got a legit chance of getting to the uh, Western Conference Finals. But if Beverly goes out injured, I think they're really going to struggle. Yeah, because Harden cannot play defense at all. He's monstrous. Patrick Beverly's scary point guard. Uh, Robin Lopez went out as well. Yeah, if, you're to, if you're talking over Joel, games... Because Joel, Joel Freeland came in, didn't he? And that's hit what that I mean. one free throw that yeah. ended up winning the game. Yeah. <laughs> Stand up in the UK. Um, Stand up Brit. <laughs> like, like I said, um, yeah, and then like Blake Griffin in the early game, he got in foul trouble. So many big names going out. Iguodala got fouled out. Maybe yeah, they're well, just trying... They're over-reffing the games. Like Especially the Golden State and Clippers game. In this game at one point, though. Yeah. Did you see it? Was it? Who was it? Was it Robin... It wasn't Robin Lopez, was it? It was on Robin Lopez. Yeah. And as he was going off the court, like to walk to the bench, he tapped Chandler Parsons on the back as if like to say goodbye. Yeah. And they gave him a technical for it. <laughs> and then they reviewed it on the monitors, and they, you know, they recalled it, and it was like, how did you even give that as a technical in the first place? <laughs> It'll get revoked, but it was revoked. But it's just it's just ludicrous. Yeah. That that's even called in the first place. And going back to what I was actually saying earlier, um, yeah, Aldridge joins. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Shaquille O'Neal, and LeBron James in the 45 points plus 15 rebounds. There you go, right. Yeah, that's more understandable now why Jordan wasn't on the list. But <laughs> do you think they are over-reffing these first few playoff games? Because um, there hasn't been, like, just let them play for a bit. It's really interesting, though, because right now in the league, there's this whole debate about whether the league's gone tough. Oh, I've never heard that. I've never heard of that debate. Gone soppy or something? Sorry, not tough. Gone soppy. Because <laughs> the, the uh, Bad Boys documentary that aired at the weekend. Phenomenal. Yeah. And um, basically that aired and everyone was like, well, you know, the, the league's gone soft. And people have been saying it for years. They've been saying it on TNT and stuff. And I don't know. I just think they're being a bit cautious. I think Adam Silver's probably told the refs just to make sure nothing, nothing gets a bit out of hand. Yeah, especially with the games that you can say that they're over-reffing. The Portland Trailblazers and the... Houston Rockets, Beverly and Lillard have th- have a bit of a history. Then you've got the Golden State LA Clippers. Well, Beverly uh, and Lillard don't have so much a history. They just have Beverly said Lillard was a bad basketball player or something. Yeah, and do you really think L- Lillard's from the Bay Area? He doesn't. He's like Gary. He's from the same place that Gary Payton is. He's not going to take that lightly. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> and then the other series that they, you could say they overreference is the Clippers and Golden State, and you definitely know that them two have history. But they're doing that for a reason because of the regular season matchups that we had, and that's why. Yeah, at the which end, is fair. I think it was really classy that the Golden State Warriors and Clay Thompson got the ball at centre court and just sort of spiked it into the yeah. floor. It went flying up into the Staples Arena uh, ceiling, and then they just all walked off. They shook hands, and that was it. It was just, you know, they they got that done. I think some of these games there could be a bit of a, um, a bit of a niggle, a bit of a rivalry. I mean, you look at the possible matchups we've got. You could have could have a Western Conference final that involves Oklahoma and Houston. Yeah. You've got Beverly versus Russell Westbrook again. Oof. I think even LaMarcus Aldridge last night had a go at Bev- had a swipe at Beverly mm-hmm. as they... he was sort of walking off because he must get under people's skin. Oh, we know, 100%. We already know this. It's fact. 
But and then like you've got the going back to your rivalry things, you've got the Warriors against anyone. Like no one, uh, not the Warriors. No, sorry, the Clippers against anyone. Warriors no one, against anyone. Because <laughs> no one likes Blake Griffin in the league, so he just creates like you like Memphis. If Memphis got through, think about we've seen them battle so many times, the Clippers and the Grizzlies. Yeah, and the, and the Bulls and the Wizards game is actually a budding rivalry in the Eastern Conference. Like we could see this for the next couple of years. I still remember the 2006... Yeah, they played each other... 2005, 2005. Washington won that one, 4-2. Oh, Arena's hit game one, in game one hit a buzzer beater. It was on NASN, and it was <laughs> such a good game. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to get back to this, are they over? We'll have to see after the next week's worth of action to see if they are over-officiating these games. Yeah. Okay, so obviously we've been telling you to use hashtag NBA in the UK in the last few weeks. Um, kind of hit a high point of the weekend. There are quite a lot of people using it during the playoffs. Um, obviously BT Sport and uh, Sky and stuff. NBA UK as well. Yeah, NBA UK. They, they were awful. Like Genuinely, like they didn't even tweet that there were games on at one point. It was really ridiculous. They also put out earlier on that the Chicago Bulls play the Miami Heat <laughs> this week. Oh, maybe they know something we don't know. Yeah, maybe they've... They've Fixed got it. inside information as to what the Miami Heat are doing with the league. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But, um, yeah, a lot of people are using the hashtag NBA in the UK, so just uh, shout out to everybody who's been using that. Um, Ross McLeod's been getting quite involved on Twitter. You've had Tino, Martin Mura, um, even Frankie's used it a couple of times. You know, Bloody hell. I know, that's a miracle for him. Um, Big C... We had uh, Andy's been using it from the States. A lot of pictures of uh, Andy's, you know, basketball-related things from the States. Neil Donahue, um, Greg HUFC, Gary White's been getting involved with a lot of the conversations, actually. And I put out some tweets earlier on and just uh, got a couple of replies. We were, people were asking what sort of games are on this week. And, you know, we, we've we got the BT Sport lineup, and I think there's only five or six games on this week, so it's oh. pretty poor. So... The recommendation for us, from us, is I think you just, you know, just subscribe to League Pass for the playoffs. You can get a cheap, you can get a cheap playoff like package, and not just that. I don't know if they still do, but I think you you can still purchase. It's a discounted one. And you can still purchase it game by game, but I think you can get yeah. like a week pass as well, which is good because you could get like a week pass up till the finals, like the Western and Eastern Conference finals, and then the finals itself, because you know all them games are going to be on BT Sport. So if you just get it for the first two rounds, you'll be pretty set with that. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good shout, really, because the first round and second round, it's a bit dodgy as to when they're having the games on, but they always have the conference finals and the finals on, so yeah. good shout. Um, Thank you. Also, you know, the news came out today that the Knicks had fired head coach Mike Woodson. We saw this uh, coming. Well, yeah, I think everybody did, but we tweeted this out and just got Knicks fans' thoughts. Um, Gary White said, wonder who made the call. Was it Dolan or was it Jackson? Um, the Knicks need to rebuild now. Probably was had, Jackson's. Probably was Jackson's call. Yeah, we had a Mark DeCure. Sorry if I butchered that name. Um, being a dead man walking all season, making the playoffs would have delayed this. He thinks. Um, Great still not point. convinced. Steve Kerr is probably the is the answer. Yeah, I can see that. He hasn't. Really, he's only had a real GM position. But then again, we've seen Jason Kidd come straight out of no coaching experience and done pretty damn good job. But then we also saw Brian Shaw, not the best job. Yeah, you were having a go at me for putting him in my coach of the year category, but from what I gather from the commentary, there were like quite a few of the leagues. Uh, he's not going to win it. Coaches have got him in there. He's not going to win it, but he's in there. Apparently, Noah's won Defensive Player of the Year, but no, breaking news. I, that's that was my pick, and it's hard not to fault him. Roy Hibbert had it locked in the first two months, but then after the this horrible slide they're on, he's lost it, and Noah, Noah just became just took over the storyline really. Yeah, um, we tweeted out what's wrong with the Indiana Pacers, and Gary White got back to us and said the trade for Granger and Turner. Like that, um, I love that answer. Probably the best answer we've had all day. Yeah, the bird criticism of Vogel, which I think I mentioned earlier, yeah. and you know the chase for first place. He just thinks they've imploded. Um, I then tweeted out, "Are the Bobcats done after the Al Jefferson injury?" Gary responded again. Gary, Gary's quite good at this stuff. <laughs> good man, um, Gary. Yeah, hope not. Uh, will be tough mind. Um, he was impressed by Kevin Walker. I think we all were, to be honest. Uh, Al Jefferson w says that he will play game two, which is good. So, there you go. Um, yeah, and just the general thing, he just said, uh, I don't think the Wizards get much of a mention, but I thought that was a great win for them at the Bulls. Huge game, huge it, win. Yeah, I think I think we've said that, you know. I think they're, they're, they're definitely a team to watch at the moment. And with any luck, you know, they'll... They'll progress to the next round. If it, I, I, it's I, nice to see these lesser-known teams progressing. 
Yeah, and and just getting some national league, co- national nationwide coverage like the Bobcats, you said, and the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards are like the dark horse for the uh, Western for the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, there's a bit of yeah. a murmur yeah, about gen- that. Yeah, generally, yeah, they could be. Because if they start in five, can beat anyone in the league. And if they beat the Bulls, they'll have the Pacers or the Hawks. So they, yeah. you could theoretically say they have the easiest path. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of people moaning to us about the League Pass adverts. Ugh. We can't, can't do anything about it, guys. I'm afraid. <laughs> it's, I've been moaning about this. I've been moaning about this for. Four years now. Uh, Rob Saunders so one said, "Can you can you tell League Pass to sort of you know stop showing me the Stephen Curry adverts at school?" And he doesn't need someone to tell him what big is. <laughs> this is Stephen Curry from the from the Golden State Warriors. Who wants boys from basketball? Me. Ah. I hate that advert. Hate it. <laughs> but then again, think about this, right? In football now, when you watch a football game on Sky Sports. Yep. Does it just feel like you're watching bookie adverts that get interrupted by football? Yeah. I think the betting thing in this country is a serious problem. Well, it keeps me employed. It, it keeps you employed, but it annoys the heck out of us, and it's taking people's money. One request, bet Fred, use the song, pay the residuals, or don't even try and attempt it by missing out one chord. <laughs> Just pay Beyonce your money. Oh, right, that's, okay. the, that's the worst one. Bet there. Uh, this is an odd one. This is a shout-out. I know he doesn't listen, but just because, you know, we care over here in the UK. Um, TNT obviously did their promo, and uh, we didn't actually get to see it because obviously the games weren't covered over here. So just a thanks to Maximilian, you know, Max Fishberg. He's interviewed with us before, and he's, he's a great guy. Does so many fantastic videos. He did Blake's Top 100 Dunks for NBA.com, which was massive. And basically, we tweeted him and said, you know, is there any chance you can put the TNT promo up on your page? And he got it up within about 20 minutes. So, you know, just a massive thank you to uh, to Maximilian for that because, you know, it's really difficult over here to, to actually see the uh, US coverage unless you, you know, stream it illegally and stuff. So, and Matt Smash doesn't agree with that. I, <laughs> well, I like to pay for things. So. And I'm cheap. You're cheap. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, gr- it's great. You're cheap. Yeah, it's a great mix as well. Yeah, just shout out Joe Freeland as well. Joe Freeland, sorry. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal clutch free throw. Keep using hashtag NBA in the UK because you will get shout outs. Yeah, you'll get shout outs. We do actually pay attention to them. We do retweet them. Um, everyone's been pretty active, I think. I'm sure you've been logged in recently. Yeah. Um, James has been logged in. I've been logged in. Andy's been tweeting stuff. You know, he's quite heavy on the tweets when he's over in the States because it's so easy to watch the sport. So... We are getting quite involved. The Facebook's been all right recently as well. We've had a bunch more likes. We're now above 50, 50 likes, which is awesome. Still got a way to go to catch Believe the Hype. I think they're at like 3,100 or something at the moment. So we'll might take us a few decades to get there, but, you know, we'll get there in the end. We'll get there in the end. <laughs> so uh, check out the website, doubleclipspodcast.co.uk. I did cover all of the Game 1s just quickly in a big uh, blog post because basically I've screwed my knee, so I didn't do anything today apart from write, so I've written that and put that up. Um, obviously Jack and Tom and everyone's been doing bits and pieces please like us on Facebook facebook.com slash doublecutspodcast please review us on iTunes we'd love to get 20 plus uh, 20 plus reviews by the end of the playoffs I think that's a that's a that's a decent target right yeah and you'll definitely get a two shout more out reviews by the end of the playoffs and you'll definitely get a shout out from Matt Smashed yeah we always do. shout out the iTunes reviews we love the iTunes reviews <laughs> um, and yeah just check out the website we've had a little bit of a spruce up just fiddled with things and you know subscribe to us make sure you check out the downloads on Podomatic and things and you know like Matt said get involved with the conversation so use hashtag NBA in the UK um, you can use that on Facebook as well I didn't realise Facebook had hashtags but apparently you can I so, am um, I'm in two minds to delete my Facebook account but anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's one more like that's one more like we've got to regain there you go there you go that's a reason not to delete it <laughs> I can also anyway, talk to um, you on Facebook as well. Yeah, hopefully we'll be back on Thursday. We don't really know how we're going to do our playoff matchups. Um, it makes sense to kind of do it every two days, really, doesn't it? Because that covers all the games. All the games. I'm yeah, free. Well, we know you're free, but that might be a bit difficult for some of the others. So we'll have to have a look and fiddle around with our multiple hosts that we've got now. Also, hopefully I'll be bringing you How's Your Game 2 at some point in the next couple of weeks I've been speaking to Tom Reed of Believe the Hype about that so hopefully I'll be getting him and Benny on and we'll be seeing which Aussie is the biggest NBA fan 
could be interesting. So uh, keep your ears open for that. But yeah, just uh, get involved with Twitter and everything. So we'll catch you later. We hope you've enjoyed the opening weekend of the playoffs, and we hope BT Sports like sincerely hope they uh, pick up their game. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. It's playoff time in the NBA. Each and every year, there are 30 teams that would love to be a part of this. A little bit more excitement, a little more tingle in the air. Everything for this don't even matter. Every game is special right now. It's when I go home at this point. Now it's time to take the test. This is what everybody's been waiting on. 2014 playoffs, here come the Wizards. It's been a long time coming. Now we can do something special. Toronto's going to say, oh, you wanted us? Now you got us. We had a tip on our shoulder all year, man. Rip City with the first playoff berth for them in three seasons. A lot better feeling than we had last year. For just the second time in franchise history, the Bobcats are playoff bound. We're just going to go out there and give it all we got. We're going to compete and we're going to have fun. Yeah, yeah, that's what you play for. And the Mavericks are back in the playoffs! The Grizzlies get the victory. They get the seventh seed. I really believe that we can make some serious noise. That's what it's all about. And the Hawks are in the playoffs for the seventh consecutive year. I actually think Houston's some sort of a dark horse. You can't be satisfied with being good. You want to be great. The Warriors are back in the playoffs. They have this massive home court advantage. We didn't get here with one hero. Let's hear it Usually we're talking about the Lakers. You know, there's a new sheriff in town in L.A. Welcome to Lob City. Brooklyn is coming to take over New York. I want another win before I retire, so I'm chasing This is the playoffs. Everything counts. Brooklyn, what got you guys here, okay? Intensity is ridiculous. Anybody who's concerned about the Thunder right now is fully justified. KD is going to have to have a MVP-type playoff run. No more talking. We're just ready to play. The most pressure's got to be on the pace. We've been through highs, we've been through the lows. Now we're all ready to get on to this journey. We know it's not going to be easy. Enjoy this challenge. The best record in the NBA. Back. We put ourselves in a great situation to be number one. I think we're prepped and we're ready to go. Fellas, this is your time. 16 wins away. We fight! We fight! We fight! We fight! We fight! We fight! We're here to three feet, man. What else are we here to do? This is everything that we work for all season long. Yeah, together, no matter what. That's your brother at all costs. Yeah, make it happen, fellas. Come on. All out, man. Come on. All out. Oh, yeah. Let the playoffs begin.